Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to another year of Dungeons and Diapers. Now, I say this assuming that you're listening week to week. Who knows? Maybe you're just marathoning all the podcasts. All dates are the same. Nothing makes sense, and you are forgiven, uh, but we are at the beginning of January 2023. I am Crofton Steers, one of your two co-hosts. You recognize me of many a year, many an episode, and someone else you'll recognize, world-famous, multi-hyphenate podcast aficionado, Ryan Murphy. Happy New Year, Ryan. Happy New Year. Uh, I was, um, I can't remember what I was watching, but it kind of stuck in my head, and it was about- uh, Was it pornography? (laughs) No, it was not. Um, although it would have, it, the story I'm about to tell would be like, wow, you watched the most boring pornography around. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was an anecdote about New Year's. I, you know what? Now I remember what it was. I think it was like some sort of Instagram, uh, clip, uh, from Curb Your Enthusiasm where the main, which I don't watch, but I, I know of the show. And the main guy is like saying he, someone wished him a happy new year and he got all upset. It's like, I, I think it's like the first two years of the new year, you could say happy new year. But like two weeks in, you've lost your chance. And I don't know if I agree with that. I, I want to I said happy new year to someone today and I thought, ooh, did I do a did I do a wrong? So No, if it's the first time you've seen them this year, yeah. and we are still within the first two two weeks, I, I do like how you couldn't possibly have butchered uh, if a curb your enthusiasm fan is listening. Not only do you not give credit to the show, you give credit to a clip you saw on Instagram. I said Curb Your Enthusiasm. You couldn't even remember Larry David's first name, (laughs) even though his character goes by his actual name. Anyway, I'm just I just imagined their skin crawling as you know, this will be the future where our kids will be like, oh, dad, I saw a great TikTok video of this clip of smashed together with this movie of spider-man and i'm like wait was it spider-man was it the spider-man movie that you saw no no it was just like this like a reverse retro and there was this music and i'm like this is this is how you're processing stuff from my time you're watching it in bite-sized bits on tiktok yeah that'll be that'll be the only bonding i have with my my children yeah we we saw old stuff dad from 2000s i'm like oh (laughs) Um, <laughs> now I'm depressed, Ryan. It's we just started the year and I'm already depressed. Sorry, I feel like this uh, is my fault because I'm the yeah, only per- one here. So, because you're the only one, it, there's always uh, my fatalistic imagination, Ryan. You ah. can't ignore you can't ignore him or her. I haven't decided if the if my imagination is a boy or a girl yet. What I will say. Um, is that uh, we have a full show, first show of the year. Also, Ryan, was the last episode we did the daddies? It was indeed the daddies. So the daddies, you know, obviously the major award show of the year, but award shows aren't regular TV, just like this was not a regular podcast. So we're kind of askew from what we've been up to. We're we're sort of behind because of the daddies, no offense. So uh, I'm assuming this episode will be chock full of goodness and maybe some sadness or maybe some happiness. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of everything because we've got so much fun stuff to talk about. There always is, Ryan. Let's start in the dungeons where we get to talk about maybe fun stuff 
that we received on Christmas at Christmas uh, that maybe we got some you said I will I will make a disclaimer that I received from my wife and uh, and a video game that I put on my Christmas list um, God of War Ragnarok that is still in the shrink wrap and uh, it is funny because uh, I also and I put it on my Christmas list and she got it for me and I'm very happy and uh, I'm already seeing the risk of a, a Last of Us 2 situation, uh, a game that I also got for Christmas from my wife a couple of years ago that is also still in a trick wrap. Um, because uh, if if you're not in the mood when you first get it to play it, there's a chance that it will then become part of your backlog. And then you have to think, when are you going to, to take it out? And for me... I think the issue was that I played God of War 2018 uh, in anticipation of this game. And I very much enjoyed re my replay of God of War 2018. But it's sort of like, you know, you play a giant JRPG, you're not going to want to jump immediately into another giant JRPG. This is what, like, I really enjoyed God of War 2018, but I was done. And then I'm, I don't immediately want to play the next one uh i need like a palette cleanser if you will but I, i'm just like looking at the murderer's row of games that are to come out this year i just uh, i'm like wow if i don't start that game sometime soon i could see uh i could see it sitting on my shelf for a while uh did you get anything good ryan uh i did and i did take it out of the shrink wrap um it, it should surprise nobody that any game i got for christmas i played for at least 20 minutes so I don't <laughs> know what's least, better. Uh, <laughs> I be think honest. I think my thing is better because at least in my situation, I'm like I I am planning to like I'm I'm planning to fully digest it. Uh, you're just like, going around from plate to plate, taking a bite of everybody's food, but not eating the whole <laughs> meal. You know, you make it you make it sound ten times worse that I'm eating other people's. Like I don't steal video games. I I, I purchase them. And yes, and then you take a bite and throw the rest of it yeah. in the garbage. No, that part so, of the analogy was fine. Or yeah, metaphor okay. or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I got, uh, so I got, <laughs> it's funny, I'm stalling. I got Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which was a game uh, I was very much looking forward to at launch and decided, like a responsible adult, I have too many other games on the go, so I will put it on my Christmas list. And yeah. Um, I and also like a responsible uh, video game purchaser. I saw it on sale and I said to Ashley, like, hey, this is on sale. I'm going to pick it up and then you you can give it to me for Christmas and then wrap it and we'll pretend the magic of Christmas. is. Yeah, alive. well, I mean, that's that's the joy of of being an adult. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. I just I wanted to get it on sale. But this is the thing. It went on sale like probably twice since then and i think now it's like half price so well see i just i i've never even bought the first one but that is a game i associate with being perpetually on sale yeah uh, because what's so funny is that it is mario but mm -hmm. it's a ubisoft game and they just love sales so uh, they're anti-nintendo in that regard nintendo never put anything on sale well, it was, so it's only been out three months and it was down to half price and and there's a story out today that I guess Ubisoft's like, yeah, it underperformed. And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, it it is a solid game. It's it, you know, I'm I'm still in the first world, but I mean the the core differences between the first one and this one is that they've really expanded upon um, the overworld. In that the first one was more of like 
I described it as like decorated hallways, whereas in this yeah. one, it's more of like an open environment that you can explore and solve puzzles in. Um, and the combat is just much more, it's much more fluid. There's a lot more freedom to combat, a lot more freedom of movement, as opposed to moving in a grid, your character has like a, a movement radius. And then in that radius, you have several options to like slide into enemies, which I think you could do in the first one. Um, but you can also do a jump off of an ally to get a bit further. And they've just incorporated like a lot of like extra movement into the turn-based combat that, that reduces its staleness, which I thought the first one, it got a bit, it got a bit stale. I never finished it. I got really close, but it was, it was, uh, it kind of dragged a bit near the end because the combat was getting pretty, pretty dull. I mean, like XCOM, like, you know, you play enough of it and it's like, ugh. For sure. It becomes samey. I, I 100%, 100% get it. Can you play this one without having played the other one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like the only connection I'd say between the first and second, and and it's not really the, a deal breaker, is the fact that um, just the fact that the Mario characters and the rabid characters are just so comfortable with each other because like in the first one, there's this like fish out of water. Oh, my God, you you're you're Mario rabbit. I'm Mario. What's going on? But in this one, it's just like, hey, oh yeah, we've done this song yeah. and dance before. We've done this. Oh, that's so funny. I, I, I will say it is also interesting to me that um, the other game that I associate you with playing that you talked about last time before the daddies and stuff, and that I almost bought because it went on sale was Marvel Midnight Suns, and it's a, uh, it's also kind like my impression, not having played either of them, they're both similar style like XCOM esque, um games so like popping from one to the other was was there like uh <clears throat> were you like comparing them in your mind were you like oh yeah i i like marvel midnight sense better or i like Mar you know i like what they did here or do you just were they so different that it was not even your brain didn't even make that connection uh i mean they're, they're certainly different enough but i think uh i think i can certainly blame midnight suns for the fact that i haven't gone back to mario plus rabbits after a few playthroughs uh, just because I, or after a few few play sessions, I have not beat Sparks of Hope. Uh, and, and just today, before we started recording, I just finished uh, Marvel Midnight Suns, uh, completed the campaign. Oh, and, achievement uh, unlocked. Yeah. And and again, similar, we, we I brought up XCOM earlier. XCOM is one of those games that when it comes out, I, I just played it religiously until I had finished the campaign. It didn't matter how long it took to finish the campaign. I sat there. And every time I had a moment to play, I was playing it. And the same thing happened with Marvel Midnight Suns. And like 90 hours later, how I did wow. that. It's its literally the only game I've played since it came out. And I've just dabbled in, in other stuff uh, since then. And uh, yeah, I did finish Marvel Midnight Suns. And um, Neil, the yeah. ending? Uh, you know, it's a very video game ending. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like they also do the whole marvel mid-credit scene post-credit scene which i'm uh, not as big a fan of with video games because video games are bigger beasts that often fail to get sequels greenlit if just the slightest thing goes wrong and um marvel midnight sun's launch was not a perfect one and like similar to how netflix runs their stuff now with their renewals it's like if it's not like a perfect launch and a perfect run and everyone loves the show you can just pretty much kiss a season two or a sequel goodbye. So 
I am a little concerned that they're setting up something they're not going to get to, but uh, yeah. It feels like everybody is playing that game. I, I tell you, like, you know, it was tough too because, you know, I had God of War. I, I, I didn't need to buy any other games per se, um, but Midnight Suns was such a, a late year surprise it wasn't on any of my lists originally the reviews came out all of my friends started playing it we talked about it last episode uh and i you know i i really do want to play it and i realized i was kind of in between games um and i was trying to find i wanted a game like that where i that sucked up all of my time uh over the christmas holidays and i didn't really get it until perhaps kind of later in the holidays what i did get ryan was something that i have been jealously coveting for some time which is my very own deck of steam uh a steam deck i got this before christmas i bought it myself and i think longtime listeners may remember that i was trying to decide because this is a big purchase between a steam deck and buying an arcade machine for my shed and there was one that i wanted in particular an arcade machine uh for the shed and i just decided like i you know that the steam deck um it was sort of like the the thing that made more logical sense to my life is what i thought at the time and so i bought a steam deck and i got it um and i gotta say uh i've had some time with it and i'm really enjoying it now but there was some time post getting it where I thought to myself, this was not what I thought it was. Uh, I'm not sure, Ryan, when you got your Steam Deck, if you fully fully understood what it was or what you were getting or the limitations of it or, or what, what, it, what it would take to do the things that you wanted to do. But like I was under the impression when I first bought it, that it was essentially a portable PC. Like they, they could essentially serve as my desktop replacement to some capacity. Were, were you under that impression when you bought one, when you, when you got yours? Uh, I'd like, I'd say a third that, and maybe two thirds, like quick and easy pickup play of PC games. That was my main thing is I, mm -hmm. uh, especially having put 90 hours into Marvel midnight suns. It's like, I, and that that game is not at as, as much as it says it's compatible with Steam Deck. Like there are still a lot of issues between moving between PC and Steam Deck. And that's my big thing is I just wanted portable access to my PC catalog, which I have. Um, but by no means is it perfect in that regard. But, um, you know, to be able to do like general non story missions in Midnight Suns, I've got 30 minutes rather than booting up the computer, making sure the TV set up, logging in setting up steam launching the game i can just grab my steam deck boot up midnight suns good to go it's got that instant on feeling and for the most part that works but uh not for every game unfortunately no so for me that was the first thing one of the first things i was disappointed on was er almost every game i played if i put in sleep mode it would crash or oh. it would, I'd have to restart things or like it was not, I was used to the Xbox series X where you can have like multiple things in suspend mode. Even the PS4, you have your game in suspend mode. Uh, the steam deck was un unreliable at best for that. Um, and the, uh, the other thing right off that I, I noticed, I was very excited about having access to all my game library, 
uh, of of Steam Steam games, and I just I was a major Steam gamer for a while, PC first gamer for a lot for a while. I bought a lot of games. I had a lot of games on Steam, um, and uh, but it, it occurred to me when I booted up Steam that not recently. Like I've missed almost the entire last generation where I've been either on the PS4 or Xbox Game Pass or whatever, whatever. I haven't bought. I looked at my Steam purchases and I've not been buying games on Steam because why would I really? Um, I have uh, these I'm playing on these consoles. Um, so uh, and, and when I played on PC, I was buying games on I was getting the uh, Epic free games. I was buying games on uh gog like i bought cyberpunk on on uh, on gog, uh, on good old games and, and and that sort of thing so it became clear when i started playing that like a lot of the games were you know older which is not a problem necessarily but that i was going to have to you know if i wanted to play newer experiences cuz i i had a long time of double buys with the switch i think a lot of people did when they got a switch there was a game like escape from uh, from the gungeon or dead cells or whatever you're like oh i'd like to play that but i have it on pc already well i guess i'll buy it again on switch so that i can have it portable um well that is now passed to the point where i buy things on switch first often and now i'm like thinking about double oh well maybe i should get this game that i had like rogue legacy 2 I, I have on switch but it'd be good to have it on the steam deck oh maybe i should but then i you know i'm obviously not not necessarily going to do that but um there was just like and then then the fact that you're so forced into steam and like stuff like the epic game store and other things while you can get them working it's not like out of the box you have to do some stuff there was there was like a you know i thought and also i play with my 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 switch majoritarily hooked up to the tv uh, I do play in portable mode sometimes, but not regular, regular. Uh, and uh, for the Steam Deck, uh, there was that too, right? I, I was So all of these things added together, the first week or so of it, I was like, did I make a mistake here? Uh, because I have an Xbox Series X and other consoles connected to my PC, I, uh, my TV. I have a Switch. What what does this occupy? I, I've been playing Disco Elysium on my computer like, where did the Steam Deck fit into my life? And it reminded me a little bit of when I got my first iPhone in 2006, where I got this, this new piece of technology and I just wanted to use it. And I was trying to look up stuff on the map, even though I knew where everything was because I lived in the city. You know, I'm, I, don't need, I don't need to. I was trying to force it into my life. And that's what I felt a little bit that I was doing with the Steam Deck. But since that time, I've added bits and bobs, different things, games, functionality to it. Uh, I've started using it in different places. Uh, I, I carry it around with me. Like if I go into the office or something um, and it's like, oh, it's lunch break. You know, I suddenly have access to all, all, all these games. And it's starting to, as time goes on, grow on me more and more. Um and uh, the big thing, and Ryan, I thank you for this, is the emulation, um, which which you sort of guided me to pretty early. Uh, I, I take it you use it a lot for that. Yeah, no, I, I've uh, certainly dabbled with it. I think it was. Uh, I'll give credit as well to uh, to Scott Johnson on um, his show. I mean, his show not only Core, which is recording right now and will be for the next couple hours. 
Would you uh, stop plugging core? I swear to God. <laughs> well, then I'll plug his other show is uh, play retro where he talks a lot about um, emulation and, and stuff. And, and, and then honestly, you really got to hand it to, um, cause I'm I, before this, I was, I'd been out of emulation. I had, I right. had not touched it in a very Me long too. time. And, um, it's emudeck.com, which is this, it's basically a script or was a script until now they have a graphical user interface for installing um, the stuff. And basically it's like magic, like, it, it's very much like magic. It, you, you hit a button, you go to their website on your steam deck in uh, desktop mode, and then you basically download their app and the app downloads all the emulators from the proper sites uh, where you need to get them. And sets up, I guess, uh, Steam ROM Manager, which is a thing that has been around for a long time. Like, none of this stuff is new. Emulators have been around for a long time. Steam ROM Manager, been around for a long time. And uh, that that is the that is the biggest step, right? Is getting that stuff set up, that initial yeah. step. Last time I did emulation was honestly back with, for like Super Nintendo mm-hmm. ROMs. Like, and this was like, you know, we were, we were at the time of maybe GameCube or or something and i was like on my pc i had a super nintendo emulator and it would get roms and and this sort of thing um uh and uh uh for for uh i was very much out of the emulation scene and uh and, and yeah it just not only does like the end state that you end up with uh for those of you who don't have a steam deck steam deck when you boot it up, it is in sort of a custom sort of steam mode that makes it feel like a console, you know, you're in, and then you can go to desktop mode, but that's not your preferred version of to navigate steam in. But once you do the, the setup with this emu deck thing, then the, 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 um, emulated games become part of the ecosystem of steam to the point that they have like banner images. They look like when I'm playing super Mario world, it's like, it, it's practically like it's a steam port of Super Mario World. Like everything is there. And, and honestly, the emulation, um, I and I don't know what magic these emulators do, but they upscale, they change the image, they do so much to make the games look their absolute best. I could not believe it. So I was playing, um, I am playing, and I'll probably talk about it more in future podcasts, Skies of Arcadia, a, um, a game like Legends, the GameCube version of the Dreamcast RPG, JRPG. I'm playing that with, with Gwen, and it looks amazing. I just couldn't imagine. I, like, I couldn't believe how sharp it looked. It looked like my memory of it looked and this was a game that was released for crt tvs and stuff i played game boy advance games which were for a portable handheld system with a very tiny monitor blown up to my full tv size just looking fantastic uh super nintendo games but i i guess like the prize of the collection and one that's getting a lot of attention in, in on websites and stuff is metroid prime and the metroid prime trilogy i started playing metroid prime um, there's a dedicated emulator just for that game, is my understanding. Prime hacks or whatever, and um, you know, you, you put the Metroid Prime trilogy. And disclaimer here, like, like you own the game. If you own the games, like uh, you can rip the ROMs or you can you can get the the ROMs from websites of games you own. Obviously, emulation of very. Uh, legally dubious, but one of these situations where a lot of these games are not even available for purchase anymore. Nintendo themselves doing a horrible job in re-releasing something like 
Like they're the only Metroid game I think available. Oh no, you can play Super Metroid on the on the Switch, but aside from that, the only game is Metroid Dread, the new one. Uh, all the Game Boy Advance Metroids, all the all the 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 GameCube Metroid Primes, not available. Um, and Metroid Prime on the Steam Deck looks amazing like i played it uh both in portable mode and on on my tv it's i don't know what they do to make the resolution look like that to make it look as good as it looks uh it's crazy and uh the controls i'm playing it with an xbox one controller it's all the xbox one buttons in the menus like i don't know how that happens it's magic but it is super Awesome. And honestly, like, I think, I don't know, the, the menu says I'm like 36% through Metroid Prime. I've, I've played quite a bit of it. I feel like I'm going to at least make it through the first one. Uh, and, you know, to go back and play a game that that old as opposed to newer games, I mean, it, there's got to be some magic going on. And, and, and for me, it's the Steam Deck that's enab enabling that. Uh, although, like, for the emulated games, you put them in sleep and they pretty much crash right away. So, I mean, that still is a problem. But for the most part, uh, it is really, really cool. And um, definitely I could see Nintendo specifically who makes tons of money re-releasing and selling these subscription services like Expansion Pass, Nintendo Online, whatever. I could see them being, you know, frustrated here or because the, the, the quality that you're getting uh, on the Steam Deck is going to be well better than anything they're going to probably put out natively on the Switch, right? I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Like Nintendo has the resources uh, to to emulate GameCube games on the Nintendo Switch. It's it was something that was actually rumored uh, way back in 2016. At the end of 2016, there were a lot of news stories out that Nintendo Switch is going to launch with the GameCube Virtual Console. We obviously have not gotten that yet. Um, we've gotten to the NES mini, the super NES mini, and then the NES through the N64 launched on the Nintendo switch. And you're absolutely right. Nintendo makes a lot of money off of re-releasing their games. Um, but you know, the Metroid prime trilogy is a really good example of a series that is beloved. Um, you might even put it down as maybe like a cult classic series. Yeah, because it's, cult, it's not cult. I, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, there's and there's obviously a lot of stories going around right now that the Metroid Prime, there's a Metroid Prime remaster slash Metroid Prime trilogy re-release coming. But at the end of the day, Nintendo still isn't budged on that. Uh, we don't even know when Metroid Prime 4 is coming out, although that's been announced. Um, you know, it's uh, all that to be said. Like, I think that when you look at, like I said, I've been away from the emulation scene for a very long time and coming back to it, I think that the prime hack uh i said this to crofton in discord the prime hack dolphin the prime hack is a is a fork of dolphin which is the emulator for gamecube slash wii and, and crofton pretty much broke uh with that sentence but he gets it now i was, I was like stop talking gibberish i don't really to be honest the one <laughs> thing the one thing i know and that's why like in this stuff used to be borderline intimidating and steam deck it makes everything so much it, – it's worth the small level of effort that you have to do to like Google a Polygon article or whatever and and, and go through the, the walkthrough of what to do. It's it's not that hard. Um, and uh, then once you do it and you figure out, oh, okay, I get how this works, 
then it became then it looks just so great like it's in your menu in your steam menu like it's it like you know it's anyway it um uh, i i i am a huge fan of that aspect of it so but it's like keeps going back to the Steam Deck. It keeps adding functionality. So now I have these these retro classics, um, and then I have the um, the you know I keep I, I install some of my old games. There's this thing called the Heroic Launcher, which is a, a another launcher that allows you to install games from you know uh, the other those other sites, Epic and other stores. Uh, I haven't completely figured that out or, or, or tried that as much, but as I add functionality to it, it's becoming more and more of like this great, it, it, and I make the, like not an effort, but I think about like, okay, I'm going somewhere in the car, you know, maybe we're going uh, somewhere where I'm not going to use the Steam Deck at all, or I'm not going to touch it, but I'm going to bring it with me. I'm going to have it. It comes with a carrying case. I'm going to take it with me. And just the option as a parent to be able to like, okay, uh, you know, maybe there's something going on and I have a few minutes like there. I, I um, dropped Clara at a birthday party and uh, <laughs> the lady, the lady said, do you want to stay or do you want to go? And I was like, honestly, honestly, are you good here? Cause you know, I'll go, but Clara's four. So I didn't want to go too far. I, I didn't want to drive all the way home. So I ran around the corner a few blocks. There's a Starbucks. I went in, I got a coffee. I was there for an hour and I was just playing Metroid Prime on the Steam Deck and having a coffee. And, like, you know, I probably would have screwed around on my phone or whatever. So it's just, like, little things like that. I've grown to appreciate it. And I got a dock uh, that connects to the TV, much like the Switch does. Again, it's not as seamless as the Switch. There's always a little bit of screwing around. Um, I, you know, Ryan's had much better luck, I think, in terms of using the Xbox One controller. For me, I cannot get it working with both. Like, I have to completely unpair it with one to, to pair it with the... the if, I'm either using the Xbox or I'm using the Steam Deck, but I can't just switch back and forth between them. Um, so uh, so I'm hoping to figure that stuff out. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty great. Uh, pretty great. I expect that over the course of the year, I'm just going to like it more and more. Yeah, and it's going to come down to making, you know, more purchases on Steam as opposed to other platforms. Like, I think that was my big thing when I initially got it was basically saying like, oh, I have these these specific titles I would love to try portable because they run well, like Cyberpunk was one of them. And then going down the rabbit hole of like figuring out Heroic Launcher and running GOG games. And I was just like... I think where I, you and I talked about this off air, it just comes down to like, you could tinker with that. You can try to get it working. You can go down that rabbit hole if you want to, and it will work. But at the end of the day, your brain will probably be like, but everything else, you're going to go path of least resistance. You're going to work with stuff that, that you know works. And I think like, yeah. If you want it to be like a console, the most like a console, mm-hmm. then you're just going to stay on Steam. Exactly. And with, Emudeck and the emulation stuff like once you go through the steps of basically getting uh steam rom manager complete getting that process done and it loads all those games with the proper tags and images and stuff into steam you don't have to go back into desktop mode you can just stay in gaming mode and launch whatever you want to launch and that makes it into a console experience and I think that's where I've I've really enjoyed it the most is just kind of like, you know, just booting it up. Like like I said before the show, uh, after finishing Marvel Midnight Suns, I was um, I bought a few games on the Steam sale. Um, uh, Cult of the Lamb, uh, 
and Soulstone Survivors, which are both like rated really well on Steam Deck, and they both run amazing. And and uh, that's what I've been playing. And those are like great pick up play, put down games, work well in, in sleep mode, all that fun stuff. So, well, yeah. Well, I would say to that, uh, we, that works for you because you buy games. I yes. I do no, I do not buy games. I have Game Pass. Last year, I bought one game. I think Elden Ring. Uh, wow. and uh every other game i played through game pass or my catalog or whatever like or no you know what there's got to be i'm a switch game somewhere in there that like switch switch was the game the one place that i would maybe spend money to buy games because gwen gwen and i would you know play the games but there was no big releases on switch last year that uh, that were for me and like we didn't play any of those pokemon games uh, I didn't get Kirby. Um, I didn't get that that Mario Sparks of Hope. So like, I bought Rogue Legacy on Switch. Um, there's a couple of smaller scale games, but really, I'm not buying a ton. Of, I wasn't buying a ton of games. I was getting games on um, Game Pass. And what the Switch call, uh, what the Steam Deck, or as Gwen calls it, the Steam Switch, call, um, comes calls into question is the is the continuation of game pass for me like when game pass expires in june i think it is am i gonna renew it and right now i'm thinking probably not um because unless i find and i know that there is a cloud gaming possibility on the steam deck like you know if i'm back to a world of buying games even on steam even cheaper or on sale like i'm not gonna want to have a subscription service going at the same time um so i i i could see how unconsciously the steam deck or maybe consciously is biting into um subscription services so uh i saw in the gamers in chat the other day everybody's talking about playstation <laughs> the playstation subscription service and all the multiple tiers and i just laughed looking at it and i'm like i am completely not attracted now that i have the steam deck as well come you know that the idea of that just seems so, um, you know, not interesting to me. And Game Pass, which I already have, I, I I very much enjoy. But like, I only started playing a game on Game Pass again just recently, and it was because I was sort of looking for a a meaty AAA game to sink into, and I thought of one, and it happened to be on Game Pass. But often that that's not going to be the not going to be the case. So I'm curious if the Steam Deck is going to push me away from Game Pass or subscription services. The one other thing I did not mention uh, about it that was a bit disappointing to me and that I think people should be aware of is that it is not, I guess I thought that the Steam Deck was a pretty powerful PC and I guess it is for a portable thing, but it's, it's not as powerful as my Xbox Series X. And I kind of thought it would be like, I thought like it's going to be as power. It's not going to be a power PC, but it's going to be as powerful as the latest consoles. I think it's much more akin to say maybe an Xbox series S or, or thereabouts. Um, It's hard to do an apples to apples comparison, but the reality is that like the best version of a game that I can play is not going to be on the steam deck. Likely it's going to be on the Xbox series X. So you know, that's, that's, uh, I, I guess I had thought that I was like, okay, this is now going to be my new primary, but like when a new fancy graphic game comes out, I'm probably going to want to get it on the console. Yeah, no, I mean, 
your current generation console still is still going to be the the one you aim for but i think i think it was you and i were were talking about this like you might be more inclined to buy the portable version on your steam deck and then and then have you know the the tv version on your series x i maybe it was somebody else who was mentioning that but i think like there is there is an avenue there where yeah you're still multi-buying there but um if you have a suitable PC, then maybe you maybe you don't have to do that. Maybe you can just buy it once and play it portable on your Steam Deck, you know, big screen with your PC. Um, it's it's a tough one. Like I think the Steam Deck is very much aimed at, um, you know, like a specific set of games. Like every new game that com- comes out, especially from here on out, is going to, um may not work with your with your Steam Deck. I mean, Marvel Midnight Suns is a great example. Some, like myself, thought, perfect game for Steam Deck, great gameplay, it's turn-based. And the Steam Deck, for the most part, you know, like, it will be able to run PC games because PC games can be, like, you know, they're, they're, they can fluctuate. They can use the settings to run on a, a, a wide variety of hardware. And the best part about the Steam Deck is that it's one target, it's not a moving target. All the pieces are the same in there. So developers just have to tune for that device. And Marvel Midnight Suns is a great example of a AAA game coming out, people expecting Steam Deck support, and then it not being there. because um, Not because the developers didn't want to. I think it comes down to they didn't have time in their development to hit that no- uh, December date and, and launch with Steam yeah. Deck support. Whereas there are other games, like Sony is a great supporter of the steam deck every time they release a game mind you these are ports uh from playstation to pc but every time they release one it is steam deck uh verified spider-man miles morales uh the last of us part one remake that's going to be coming out in a few months that is steam deck playable uh verified that is which which means that it runs it's gonna you can expect it to run flawlessly on your steam deck uh, is it going to look as great as it would on your ps5 and 4k no, because it's a 720p screen. It's probably going to look, ju- you know, just fine. Well, you're, you're the screen. See, this is the thing that I, where I get confused is the screen on the portable is that, but yeah. like I'm playing it on the TV, right? Yeah. So it, it's like, what's, what happens there? Uh, does it, it automatically detect and adapt? Am I playing like, like the last of us part one, for instance, is a good example. Um, you know, it's a PS five exclusive game. Uh, looks it's only for these the next gen consoles like uh um whereas the other sony games are from the the previous gen console like i'm sure you can you can get it running on the smaller screen with the steam deck specs but if i'm blowing it up on my tv because again i don't have a ps5 and this is another thing like as i have now the series x and i have this i think of an eventual switch pro or switch 2 and i think of the PS five. And I think that I'm less likely to get those now. Um, like the, 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 and I could see the switch too, just because of the nature of, of Nintendo exclusives. They have a lot of them generally, and they're generally uh, a very high quality and ones I don't want to miss. And the switch was possibly my favorite console of all time, but I like Spider-Man two will be the big question mark for me when it comes out on the ps5 but i think i'll be able to wait and then it'll come out now i know it'll probably come out on the steam deck and then i can play it there i just will have to be patient i guess yeah well i mean um 
I think that uh, if you look at, yeah, you'll have you'll have, you'll probably have to be very patient. I think if you look at the way PlayStation is releasing games, I think the closest you've got to a brand new release coming to PC is two years. You've got Returnal that that came out a year a year and a half. it'll be two years in May, um, and and it is coming out uh, in PC, to PC this spring. So two years is about what they aim for from release to to uh yeah, to PC. i do want to play returnal i that is one i'll look forward to that one ryan that's one that i would uh but the um the 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 ps2 or the ps2 the the spider-man 2 uh like it's i'm hyped for that game right like I'm, I'm hyped for that game but i have been like look i got ragnarok and last of us part two and their shrink wrap still so i clearly can wait um it's just uh, <laughs> it just uh, depends on the game uh speaking of games just before we go i teased about this uh, talking about one game i just want to offer a first take because i just started playing it but i'm really liking it and i just want to mention it uh quickly uh so over the holidays, I was kind of in between games. I was tinkering with the Steam Deck. That was my main game, trying to figure out how to make it work. So you know how it is. You get a bunch of emulated games. You try them. Gwen and I are playing Skies of Arcadia, which is a JRPG I'll talk about sometime, but it's, it's been uh, it's been great. It still holds up. Um, and there's, uh, there's some other games that I've been playing on and off, but I really wanted one that I could sink into, and I didn't feel like God of War Ragnarok, even though it had all the makings of being that type of game so i was like i need i need something else and i can't like should i restart the witcher 3 i have it on steam deck blah blah i was just like circling the drain trying to think of stuff my wife eventually got sick of me talking about this and it's like make a list make a list and determine which one you want to try try the most i was like fine fine and um and what i settled on was uh a game that came out on ps5 for it as an exclusive for a year and then released on Xbox Series X um, and and PC and all that. I think it would have released on PC around the same time um, as the PlayStation, but the Xbox version just came out uh, in, I think, September even. Not too long, but Deathloop, uh, which some folks gave a game of the year the year before last. Um, and so I was keen to play it. And it's made by a studio that's made a lot of games, like the Dishonored games, that I really, really like. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I was interested in trying it. And I have now um, made it through the tutorial, which I know doesn't sound very impressive, but probably took two hours uh, because there's a lot to take in. But I will say, first take, I really like it. It's good. Um, it's a good game. Uh, Ryan, have you played Deadloop? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna laugh because it's one that I I purchased um about six months before it came to to Game Pass because it was it was a console exclusive to the PlayStation. I think I uh, yeah, but Bethesda was like bought by Microsoft. They were, yeah. It was for sure gonna come to Game Pass. No, I, hey, you know what? I was gonna say this earlier when you said when you were talking about how you you bought one game last year, which turned out to be like maybe two, three, four, however it ended yeah, up yeah. being. But it was it was still way less than I bought, and um, a listener of ours, Whirlwind, uh, did this last year. He did like a backlog year where he didn't buy any games. I think he had one game that he got for for his birthday, uh, and there was just the one game that he had to have, and it was it was Xenoblade Chronicles three. I mean, you know this. He's obsessed. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, he ended up getting that for his birthday. He might have even gotten it early. I can't remember how that worked out. Uh, but that game was technically supposed to come out in September, so it's not really your fall whirlwind. Anyways, um, what I'm trying to say is, like, it is tempting to... Because you, you sometimes say, like, oh, well, Ryan, you have a gaming show. you got to play new stuff every week. I mean, that's not necessarily true. Like, I, as long as I'm having fun, I think everybody's having fun at home. Especially even if I'm talking about games that came out last year, you know, new to me, maybe new to some listeners back home. So, yeah, especially during drier periods, yeah. of which there were quite a lot last year. There was last year. And you do like this. Obviously, I cannot go into a year and buy buy no games as much as Ashley would would love that, because I like you bug the crap out of Ashley when it comes to playing and buying video games, because it's like. I, I love to play video games. So uh, the point I'm trying to make here is like I'm kind of t- I am tempted to buy less video games and I usually uh, d- do pretty well in small stretches. Uh, but then I'll <laughs> then I'll buy a bunch of games and I'm like, oh, what am I doing? So um, all that being said, uh, I I will probably end up buying a game next week, which will be Fire Emblem Engage. And then maybe we'll hold off until May when the new Zelda game comes out. I don't know. That's my that's my thing. Nintendo games. I have to buy them. It's very hard to not buy them. Although last year I was pretty good. I did not buy Bayonetta three or Mario plus Rabbids at launch, but, uh, at launch. So back to death loop. Yeah. I, I lost it. my train of thought there. I apologize. I did play death loop a little bit of it. I bought it on sale for PlayStation five. I loved it. It was pretty cool. Uh, did not finish it, but that should surprise nobody. So I, I just, you know, a, a few thoughts on death loop. Um, and I, I know I, I will come back to this, but just because I am a bit excited about it, Deathloop is a time loop game. So it's like those movies like Groundhog Day, Edge of Tomorrow, Palm Springs, where you're repeating the same day over and over, which obviously works particularly well for video games, which, you know, you could argue every video game is kind of a time loop and you die and you restart somewhere. But in this case, it's very much worked into the plot. Um, it's a shooter. It's it's an immersive sim in the vein of like Bioshock and Dishonored and all of these sort of things where you go around a world and you can find things. Uh, it's all meticulously crafted, so forth, so on. So that stuff is great. But what I realize is so refreshing is that I just, I don't know, like as somebody who plays a lot of games, I, I'm, I guess, burnt out of a lot of the types of games. So, you know, I, I used to love The Last of Us, God of War, Spider-Man type AAA PlayStation exclusives. And now I've got two of them sitting in shrink wrap. There's something that they're not offering me. And I think it's, it for me, it, it's samesiness. Like I, Elden Ring surprised me last year. It was different. And it only surprised me in like I played Bloodborne and others. Like I, I had experienced some of it, but Elden Ring really put turned it on its head. And just as I've experienced immersive sims before, uh, Deathloop really turns it on its head. And it's really confidently designed. It's weird that you would talk about the design of a game, but the whole game is crazy town. So essentially, you're repeating this day over and over. And you have to – you find out at not – at the onset, but like after a good chunk of the tutorial, that the way to do that is to, to to kill, assassinate these visionaries. And it's very like Dharma initiative on Lost or whatever. Like it's an island. All these these folks are stuck in the time loop. And you've got to take them all out within the same loop. 
uh, and each loop is a day. It's divided into chunks, uh, morning, noon, afternoon, evening, whatever. Uh, and there's like five locations. And every time you go to a new location, it shifts one of the times. So there's not a clock ticking or anything. You can, if you're morning at on the beach or something, it's going to be morning until you choose to leave the beach. Like you don't have to worry about time at all, which is great. Uh, but different areas will be different at different times. Different characters will be in different places at different times. And you're working essentially to, towards that perfect loop. But before even getting to explaining all that, they, they take you through like a lot of like scripted events at the beginning and all of this. You meet characters, you get a sense of the world, how kind of like, how can you make, you always wake up with no weapons. How can you make your guns follow you through? time like there's just different neat little mechanics and so much of it is so confidently put together I, i'm just super impressed and it looks amazing like uh it has a great art style and playing it on the you know i i love my steam deck but going back to the series x in full 4k 60 frames and a big screen i'm like whoa this thing looks amazing and so i've been uh really really enjoying it i i get that it i made you know it's it is a loop so you could potentially get very sick of it if things are going bad or, um, you know, you've done the same thing over and over. Like, I, I'm not convinced that next time I talk about it, I won't be like, yeah, I dropped off of that game. It was the same thing over and over. But right now, it is pretty special. And unlike anything I've played, and it also does something really interesting with the loop genre, which is now a genre, like um, the idea of, uh, of these time loops, because Groundhog Day, all of those movies, nobody, like the main character is always aware they're in a loop, but other characters aren't necessarily aware. And this one does, uh, you know, I can't think of another time loop story, and, and this is revealed very early, so it's not a spoiler, but really, but but like a lot of the characters are there essentially for uh, so as not to die. Like they, 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 you know, if you're told, Ryan, you can live forever at the same age, your memory will get wiped at the end of every day, but you're leaving a time, but you'd have to sign up to live a time loop. And, and, and it's like a mortality. You'll never, you'll never die. Uh, and uh, like, if you were given that option, would you, you know, would you take it? And I, I can't think of any other medium that's, that's approached it from that angle. Um, and it's really fascinating for me. So as somebody like sci-fi and, and thinking about concepts, I, I find that it's, uh, it's pretty cool so far. So yeah, Deathloop, uh, really, really enjoying it. We'll see if next time I'm still into it. Very good. Yeah, Deathloop is uh, it's such a unique game. And I think the main reason I kind of fell off it is that I I am not good at first person shooters. And I and I think that it, it needs to be said, like similar to Dishonored, uh, actually, I should say first person stealth games, because like the game does reward stealth and, and uh, there are alarm systems and and stuff like that. And uh, I find that especially early on in Deathloop, you have less sort of powers on your side. But as you continue to play, you do get more tools and, and, and stuff to take on encounters. So um, there is that it's it's a little slow starting out, but it gets to a point where you feel like more of a equipped badass to deal with what's going on. So I need to get back to that one. I I just, you know, it is first person. You're right. But it one thing that, that I find so impressive about this one is that there was a series of, of games that were being developed. You know, I'm in, I, we're both into the gaming news cycle. So there'd be previews of these games. 
and you kept wondering to yourself, how the hell this game's going to turn out? One of them was Marvel's Avengers. People were like, is this a Destiny game? Or is this like a, is this like a, you know, a, a Marvel Ultimate Alliance type? Like people kept, you could see they were trying to communicate what the game was. And the previews would try to explain things. And people were commenting like, well, I'm not sure still. How is this all going to come together? And you can argue in the case of that game, it didn't really. Uh, and there's other games like that all around the same time. And Deathloop was one of them because there is a character in Deathloop uh, that can, one of these visionaries that you're supposed to hunt down, that can be controlled by another player and can invade your game uh, Dark Souls style. And um, there's like a counter, you know, operative type of mode that you can enable or turn off. And um, and I, I remember that was in the first trailers for it, in the previous, that was leaned into quite heavily. And I think people were like, what type of game is this? Is this like a multiplayer shooter? Is this like a hero shooter like Overwatch? Like in a weird world, is, is this an arcane type immersive sim? And uh, it, it was clear that it was challenging to communicate what type of game it was. And, and uh, unlike the other games that were challenging to communicate because they were messy or poorly designed, this one is like a vision coalesced and somehow came together in a, in a way that is awesome. So, so far, again, it could fall off a cliff for all I know. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've heard that the whole thing is top-notch so i think you're in good hands with that one yay top-notch now ryan speaking of top-notch actually i don't know how i'm gonna make this transition happen i abandoned uh we're heading into the diapers uh top-notch holidays yeah so we were we were both off for some time because they closed schools um and we had to spend some time with our families uh ryan uh i'm going to start quickly and then cede the floor to you because I know I talked a lot about Steam Decks and Death Loops. But I will say that my two weeks of holidays were quite chaotic and not great. Like, I don't want to say they were bad, but they were not great. We all got sick. Oh. We were not we were not able to go see Jesse's dad in the Eastern Townships, which we wanted to do. He had to spend the Christmas period alone, uh, which w – bummed us out uh we were all stuck in our house there was always two of us that were sick at any given time uh i love my family but i think all of us were pretty sick of each other by the time school started we were all like yes send them back to school um so uh you know we did a lot of a lot of stuff i did a lot of pretend play with animals and clara and and you know gwen played a lot of stardew valley uh, but not a ton of note. We had a magical Christmas day. It's always fun. The girls are so great. Opening gifts is great. Uh, Santa was great. All of that stuff. But that was unfortunately just one day. Um, and, and the rest of it was a little bit rough for us. So that's about it. But it sounds like I'm looking at what we like to call in the business, the show notes. <laughs> and it seems that your, uh, your Christmas might have been a little bit more happening. Yeah, uh, it was a very eventful couple weeks. So I was off for two weeks and uh, Ashley was was off uh, for the first week and then on and off for the second week. But yeah, um, you know, there's always that concern, someone being sick. And I think all, th no, not all three, Caden uh, and Izzy were sick at the start of Christmas. 
to the point where I think maybe it was Christmas Day. No, maybe, I can't remember which day specifically. I should be able to remember. Um, it might have been Christmas. We thought we were going to have to cancel Christmas Day because Caden was like literally vomiting. Like I thought he was just overexcited or he had like a, a piece of chocolate too fast on Christmas Day. But he he's just walking around and then like what he had for breakfast was suddenly all over the floor. So um, and, and this was uh, after the week before Izzy was sick and had about the same thing, kind of puking and, and fever and stuff. And um, we're like, what do we do Christmas Day? Like, Izzy's feeling better. Abby's feeling fine. Ashley and I are fine. But Caden's like, you know, he's a trooper. He, You know him, the soccer uh, conversation of him basically playing soccer, puking mid, mid-play and being like, why can't I go back out and play? You know, the worst is over, right? Um, and it was similar on Christmas Day. So we talked to we talked to Ashley's parents. And, you know, we're fairly certain we got sick or he got sick based on um, another family member that we hung out with uh, two weeks prior or a week prior. So they were like, well, if you got it from them, which it very much sounds like you did same symptoms and all that. Although it's so hard to tell, like, you know, no one's pointing fingers because how there's so many vectors, you know, school, daycare, all that fun stuff. So they said like, you know what, if we were, we probably already have it. So Come on down. So we ended up having, you know, a great Christmas day, you know, both at the house and at Ashley's parents. And um, then like a a little bit later in in the in the celebrations uh, of holidays, we went to to my parents and then uh, my parents took took the kids for took the two oldest for for three days. uh, Well, three nights, four days. And then they got back from there and the two oldest went to Ashley's parents for for two days <laughs> so you know we spent the holidays with all my kids the first week but the second week i barely saw them they were at the grandparents well that like no offense that sounds pretty good no i mean they hadn't been at my parents and they love going to my parents like i i grew up on a farm so my dad still has like the cows the chickens and and a bunch of cats and you know there's always cats at my parents place um, and the kids love going there. I, I mean, I remember as a kid, I hated getting the eggs because the, the hen house just, it was like walking into a wall of stink, but the kids love it. They'll, they'll go in there they'll collect the eggs. That was the thing that Caden said to me. He says, Oh, don't worry. When I go to grandpa's, I'll, I'll bring you back some eggs. And, and I said, Oh, are you going to clean them too? He's like, no, I'm just going to get them from the hen house. Grandpa's going to clean them. Uh, not a fun task. I remember when I was a kid, my Parents would bring in a bucket and you'd, you'd have to clean like a like a full pail of eggs. It was disgusting. God forbid if one of them broke in there and then like they all got dirty. Ugh, the worst. Anyways, um, they had a great time uh, at both sets of grandparents. Um, and, you know, we uh, it, Christmas was interesting. Like um, the one toy that kind of stood out was uh, Caden wanted Beyblades, um, which was something I played with when I was a, a kid. To the point where my parents brought up my old Beyblades and and, and gave them to Caden, and and he loved them. And we thought, okay, well, Caden, put it on your Christmas list. We'll get you a set for for Christmas. And of course, it's all brand new, like it's all changed. It's you know, it's similar but different. You know, like they always do with our with our stuff from our childhood. Uh, in this case, it's like glorified, like super tops, I guess. <laughs> you know, um, I don't. Are you familiar with Beyblades, Crofton? This might have been like after your time as a kid. Totally after, totally, and uh, 
I do remember like I was a day camp counselor for a while and they were they when when I was a day camp counselor, I remember the kids talking about Beyblades and me being like, What the hell are they talking about? Really? Okay. Wow. I didn't think I was that much younger than you, but I mean, like, uh, how, how old? How old do you have to be to, a, to be a day camp counselor? I guess you're not that old. Sixteen, so. seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So you know, it's not that big a deal. It, it, like, it was interesting. So Caden got Beyblades, and then I remember when we, you know Ashley and I were were talking pre Christmas, like, what are we gonna do with these Beyblades? Like, what, are we getting two for Caden and that's it? And I thought, no, we better get one for Abby too, because she's gonna want to play. So we got one for Abby. But then Christmas morning, after we built the stadium that they got, which was this like huge stadium and you can flip it up and down the top, having two slots to, to, to rip your Beyblade into, and then the bottom having four slots so you can play four player. So I didn't realize Izzy, who is only two, you know, going to be three soon. I didn't realize she was going to be wanting to play too. I, you know, I figured she'd be too young. So like a couple days after Christmas, we go shopping and I'm like, okay, like um, Ashley had to run some errands. So I said, okay, you three come with me. We're going to go to the mall and we're going to, we're going to look for some, we're going to look for an extra Beyblade for Izzy to pick out because she wants to play. So, um, and we did that and I, and I, I actually don't mind taking the kids shopping because they're like, they're not, they're not that bad. Like, you know, like sometimes you, you hear the horror stories of taking your kids shopping and they, they're just, they want everything and they kick up a fuss. Like, I'm not saying my kids have never done that because like every kid does. But um, in this case, like in most cases, they're usually fine. Like we were at GameStop and they're like pulling things off the shelves and looking at it. It's like, hey, you can play with it as long as you don't break it enough that we have to buy it. Um, and by that case, just put it back on the shelf and just be careful with it. Uh, but we did get another Beyblade. We put it together and uh, the four of us have been playing Beyblades like ever since. Like that's been my last couple of weeks is just... Izzy running up like Beyblade battle, Beyblade battle. That's my Beyblade, and uh, yeah, it's been a family affair. I love that because we're actually having a problem right now. Not a problem, but um, like I mentioned, I I breezed over it. But but Clara is really into pretend play, and she got these figurines and different things for Christmas, and she wants to do pretend play, and particularly uh, even more than with Gwen, she wants to do it with me and with her mom and uh so one of us will hang out with clara and the other one will hang out with gwen and the one that's hanging out with gwen if it's me where we're generally playing a video we were playing a video game a lot during the, the holidays when we we're all sick i'd be playing skies of arcadia or jess would be doing stardew valley and jess and gwen have a big farm going in stardew valley and they're trying to fill fill up the rec center which is the goal of that game and they're do, making good progress on it they are clearly both enjoying themselves and, you know, they'll they'll play it easily an hour straight. Um, and Clara, who's, you know, the youngest, will come down and be like, Mommy, why don't you want to play with me? Um, and she'll say the same to me. Or, like, I'll say, you know, because my tolerance after playing, like, like, so much pretend play, you know, I'm like, I'll play this with you for 10 minutes. We're setting a timer, Clara. You know, I feel bad because she clearly wants to play with us. Um, but she'll say stuff like, but you play a long time with Gwen, you know? And, uh, and, and I, you know, like, it's difficult to explain, like Gwen is eight, we're, we're having fun playing with Gwen, because we're doing something that we also enjoy. Um, and she, but we don't want to say, Clara, we don't enjoy the thing that you enjoy as well, right? So to have that thing like Beyblades, where everybody enjoys it, um, we, I would love something like that. We tried a bit with Mario Kart. 
and Clara will play. Oh, oh, and Mario Odyssey. We tried a bit with Mario Odyssey with Clara playing the hat and Gwen playing Mario. And Clara would, that would be her compromise. She'd be like, we, we play Mario with the hat, you know? And I felt so sad because I knew that she didn't really want to play Mario with the hat. She just wants attention. You know, we're all in the house for days and days and stuff. So to have something like the Beyblades where everybody is having equal amounts of fun, I mean, that's like a magic then diagram, you know, that you've got for all these different kids. So you got to latch onto that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, uh, it's been really cool. Cause again, like I remember playing with them a lot as a kid to the point where in the box or I think if there was a Ziploc bag of, of Beyblades that I had when I was a kid, my, that my mom brought up, there was this little like pamphlet inside, like from like 25 years ago. And I opened it up and, um, Caden had asked like, what's this scribbling? What's these R's and J's on here? And I'm like, oh, like this was a sheet that me and my cousin, wrote on like like one of those promo sheets you get when you buy a toy it's like hey you bought this one here are all the other ones you can buy or beg your parents to buy you and uh it was this like old promo sheet from when i was a kid and and we had marked it up like at the top it was like in permanent or permanent marker or something like what we need to buy and then we were like circling all the ones we wanted and putting our initials beside them and and we'd split them up evenly between me and my cousin when we were like gosh i don't know how old but uh yeah, it was, it's really cool to be playing. Like, I'm like back in it as if I was a kid. Like, and I was like, oh, yeah, we better go buy Isabel one. And I'm like, I'm just over the moon. Like, I, I'm excited to go buy a, a brand new Beyblade. Um, and, uh, you know, other than that, like, I think uh, Abby got like a bunch of um, like a couple of like stuffed animals that, that talk. Like, it's this weird, so this weird stuffed animal that like you, it's like a, a magic animal where it comes in this like magic cauldron. And you have to do like a bunch of stuff to reveal it. But then once it's revealed, like it's kind of, it's just this magic talking. I don't even know what, how to describe it, but it's like a, it's like something out of Harry Potter or something. And, and, uh, Abby got a couple of those, but the other big hit was this, um, these like Ghostbusters Playmobil sets that my, my parents got the kids. And we were a little worried at first. Cause like, yeah, Caden really likes Ghostbusters, but does Abby like Ghostbusters? Um, but once we got it all set up, like Abby and Izzy have been playing with it nonstop. Like I thought it would be like too complex. And, and obviously Ghostbusters is a tough one because it's like the movies are aimed older. The cartoon hasn't been redone in probably decades. I I, I don't think yeah. there's been a new cartoon in a long time. Right? It's true. Um, but I guess the kids watched Ghostbusters when they were at my uh, at my parents with their uncle. Um both of them get Ghostbusters one, two, and then maybe the new one. Uh, so that's probably where they, they kind of latched onto it. So surprisingly, they haven't had nightmares, but uh, th- we got these Playmobil sets and it's like the tower, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and, and the Ecto one. And I got to say, putting together Playmobil stuff, I'll take Lego any day. Like that stuff is difficult to put together. But once it's together, it's not coming apart. So I guess that's a benefit. Yeah, I I um I felt like we had a lot of Playmobil Playmobil. I I I think of it not as an assembly. Th- I think it of it as an assembly thing for parents. Yeah. As a, and then then it's play it's a play set for the kids. Whereas Lego, the fun is for the kids to put it together, right? Um. Anyway, it's uh we might we might start looking into Lego. Um. Our kids haven't really uh, 
clicked with it. They clicked with magnetiles. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of magnetile work over the holidays. It's funny, we're one week in, like it's Thursday of the first week back, and it feels like the holidays are so far away. Um, again, it's been a it's been a heck of a week back at work. When the kids, just to be clear, I wasn't 100% on this when you were talking about it. When, when your kids, when the two uh, oldest were with the grandparents, were you working during that time or were you off? No, I was off uh, because so I I took the full two weeks off. I usually take okay. whenever the kids are off. Um, Ashley still had to work, so I was off with with Isabel. With Izzy, um, okay. So yeah. I, I was off. I like to take it off. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I I could have worked. You know, but well, somebody like, had to be with Izzy. Well, like, no, I she could have gone to daycare. Was open again, so I, she uh, could have oh, been in daycare. But I see, I see. honestly, it's not very often I I get you know, a day by myself with her. Um, and yeah. this is, this goes back to the having three kids. It's like, it's very rare. I get a day alone with, with one, any of, of them, any of the kids. So, um, I was happy to, I had a couple days where it was, it was just Izzy and I, and you know, like she, she likes mom to put her down for her naps, put her down at night. And like, uh, you know, it, sometimes it can be nice to, to be the one that has to do all that every once in a while. It is funny about that, about like, you know, because for me, for two kids and we're two parents, so we're, we have even numbers. It is tough enough to have like time where it's just you and this one, like, all right, Gwen, you and I are going to go do something or Clara, you and I are going to do something, but it happens regularly enough. Uh, I take Clara to gymnastics every week. Um, you know, uh, that time Jess and Gwen are together. Other times I'm hanging out with Gwen. So, but with, with three kids, uh, it's got to be, you know, like you're outnumbered. It's got to be nigh impossible to do something solo with with a, any kid at any time, right? So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So it uh, it was a good holiday. And uh, yeah, it, it is weird. Like Monday rolled around and um, like you, I think everyone everyone's excited to a certain degree. But I could tell, you know, both Kate and Ann Abby were a little apprehensive about returning to school and i and i i, I reminded kate and like buddy you were the one that came home the last day of school and you were like upset you know on the verge of tears that he wasn't going to get to see one of his teachers for two weeks um he just he just was going to miss his teacher so much i think it was uh, one of his uh, english teachers and and then monday rolled around and i said like look you're gonna see all your friends you might be a little nervous daddy's nervous to go back to work and he just has to go downstairs. So, you know, Monday after the holidays, it's always, it's always tough, but you get into it, you're an hour in, you're not even thinking about it. And sure enough, when they got home, they were just like over the moon. They had a great time. They got to see all their friends. And, and, uh, I think, I think everyone was excited to get back into routine and it's, and it's kind of crazy to think it's already Thursday. It's the week's kind of flown by to be honest. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, it has, it, it, de Definitely getting up early again. Like we got into a super bad sleep cycle, um, <laughs> especially Gwen, who was like, because she was not tired and because like we had like freezing rain and some days she would just be in the house and we were sick and different things. But we were having problems getting her to fall asleep by 11 p.m. Um, it, she was like still up and then would sleep in to like, you know, n nine or past nine and, and then repeat and i was just like 
we, you know, what do we do here? And 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 Jess was say, said, you know, this is a this is a once we get back to school problem. Like we, I, I, I'm as long as she doesn't come down and bother us, she can read in her room or do whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it, it it has fixed itself a little bit. Um, but she still she still still is up very late and we're gonna have to have conversations about lights out time because she can read now and so she'll she's staying up reading um and which is great in a way but then it's like you know i i have to wake up everybody in the morning and it's just brutal this week was just brutal like my alarm would get up i'd have to wake up all three of them and each time everybody's telling me in to fuck off pretty much like in it, <laughs> not, not, not in is so many words, but like, you know, I'll wake up each of them. They'll be like, go away or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it's been a rough, rough week to get back into the swing of things. But, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll hit our stride soon. Um, Ryan, we, we uh, did some soliciting of emails and feedback for the daddies Um we wanted people to submit their daddy awards for last year, and we got we got some after the show, uh, some feedback that came in. Do you want to? Should we go through? Should we go through some of the feedback and provide a little bit of a postscript to the daddy awards? Yes, yes, because after this, it'll be a full, nearly a full year before the next daddy. So <sighs> enjoy it while you got it. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Start thinking about them now. So speaking of whirlwind, we got some feedback from him. I'll do the first one. You do the second. Uh, so uh, he says, you guys should add a kid's choice to the daddies next year. What's the kid's favorite thing of the year? And that is a good point, honestly. Like, uh, especially Gwen. Uh, when I, you know, she's my oldest. She's eight years old now. I said I was podcasting tonight. She's like, what are you going to say about Skies of Arcadia? This is what I would say. And then she starts she starts telling me. I'm like, I don't know how to talk about it this episode. Like we just kind of started playing. She's like, Oh yeah, you gotta talk about it. It's so good. And she's giving me her but like it it um my friend bought his son a switch for Christmas. Um and his son is Gwen's age and he was looking for game ideas, and so he called me and uh Gwen essentially talked his ear off, saying, Oh, you gotta get this. And this one, oh, you got to do Luigi's Mansion's a must. You got to get that one, you know? <laughs> um, and so uh, so I totally think that for next year, getting Gwen's uh, favorite thing of the year, I I'm, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. No, it, it is a I – thought, I thought you were saying you were going to get a switch to your kid, and I'm like, uh, you shouldn't spoil it. What if she listens? You never know. What if um, – then I would say don't listen to – Crofton's comments using the f-bomb or talking oh that's true you did just drop the f-bomb ryan's <laughs> looking at pornography or whatever no that, that's no uh, that's not what happened it was larry um, david remember the whole uh, i know it was an hour i don't ago, even but. i don't even remember the context that said uh if you had to ask Caden, like hey Caden, last year what was your favorite thing what would he say Oh man, the thing about Caden is he has, like me, a very short-term memory. Uh, and unless <laughs> you, I write, I write everything down. So like, the reason everyone thinks I'm so organized when it comes to game of the year is like, how do you remember all the games you played? It's like, well, a little thing called show notes and a little thing called many, many, many lists. Uh, yeah, so many lists. 
I don't know. Like, what would, what, what, if, if I asked what was Caden's favorite thing of the year, if I asked him in December, he, he probably, he probably would say soccer, maybe. I feel like he would remember that. Although, um, he's done a, we did a couple of like outings where he went camping and he went, um, uh, went to the trampoline park. Like, again, I, I would think it'd be something that just happened. Cause again, like, I know him. He's very, He's very like, oh, well, I just did this yesterday type thing, and it was the best thing ever. Um, but maybe I'm not, I'm not giving him enough credit. And maybe if we do make it a category, I would love to, like, just, it doesn't matter if it's on our iPhone, just, like, take a recording and be like, okay, favorite thing this past year, go, Caden, and he can just talk in the microphone and we'll clip it in. And I think that's what we have to do. I know it's a lot of work for no one, really, but uh, that's what we should do next year. <laughs> no, that I I like it. I like it. We should do it. Let's let's seeing as you're the list master. Yeah, write it in. I'm uh, writing it right now. Yeah, write Ask it down and record this, please. Okay. All right, you're next up. Perfect. Well, next up is uh, well, it's an email from Neil, and funny enough, he emailed this while we were recording the daddies, and and tweeted us as well to let us know that that he had sent in an email. Um because he knew we were recording. I think I had put out a deadline and, and, uh, and he just missed it, but we did promise we'd read it here, which we're going to do. He says, hello, fellow papas. It's been a while since I wrote in, but I've been keeping up with the episodes. Thanks for putting these out and entertaining us listeners. My suggestion. Yes. Thank for- you, Neil. <laughs> oh, there's more. There okay, is more. No, keep- it was not yeah. just the compliment. Um, okay. but we do appreciate it for sure. And it helps cross into at least one or two more episodes. Before he uh, he he goes back to his Steam Deck. Um, my suggestion for a daddy category would be best fatherhood story. Some nominations from previous years would be when Ryan called nine one one from his watch in the bathroom. Uh, yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, or when Crofton's daughter let the barnyard know that Daddy is packing when she saw the horse. I don't remember this. You don't remember that? Oh, no, I do remember. Yeah, you remember. Uh, that. Yeah, I do. I, I do remember. We were so just, just um, uh, about that before addressing Neil's story and uh, Neil's comment here. I will say that uh, at my work this year at the Christmas party, we were talking about Christmas traditions, and one lady said that they had a Christmas tradition where, as a family, where they have a journal, like a family journal, and every day they write something like a note that happened that day. And uh, often it is like something funny or ridiculous that involves the kids or whatever. And then at the end of the year, at Christmas, they go through the journal and read from it. And everybody like has a great time and laughs quite a bit. And I was thinking about this because the past couple of days, Clara in particular has had a couple of moments. Like yesterday she asked me, she said to me, uh, we were reading like Frozen, uh, a novel is a story of, of from the movie Frozen, and she's like, Daddy, if Elsa farted, would it be cold? Actually, I think it would be ice cubes. And I was like, that is, maybe it would be, Claire, maybe Elsa farts ice cubes. But then I, I thought to myself, like, this was about three goofy things that she had said. I was like, I got to write these down, and then we can look at them later on uh, in the year. So to Neil's thing here about uh, fatherhood story. I feel like a lot of them are small and I just, I don't even think about them for the show. Uh, 
uh, we would maybe have to have limitations of like they have to be things that we've brought up previously on the show, not some random thing that we bring up. Oh, you know, you you save it all year. Ryan's got this Caden story that he he draw, he's like, I nominate this story that I'm just bringing up now. It has to be something like the ones that that Neil says that we've mentioned previously for sure. Yeah. No, and I think we we try to we we try to share stories. Like I think like this year would have definitely uh, a a moment would be when when like I brought it up on the show when when Caden puked mid soccer play and just kept on going wanted to keep on going you know what ryan i should have to pick yours and you should have to pick mine oh like yeah because the idea otherwise it's not fair that otherwise it's like you're just going to be like i think my funniest story so do i pick like the nominations and then you have to pick the winner is that how no 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 you would pick the winner you're like the dominate you know you would nominee and winner best best Crofton anecdote of the year as selected by Ryan Murphy or as selected by the listeners. I don't know how we want to do this, but I really do like putting the onus on you to see if you actually listen to me. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, you'd have to start your list list. Uh, you'd have to start using the show notes a little bit more, I think to make it a little more fair, to be honest. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> I, uh, just for the listeners, Ryan writes full sentences in the show notes where I write like a Christmas. Word. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he's got whatever. in here. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I wrote Metroid Prime. That's Look, true. Death Loop. You wrote Death Loop. The, the the full sentence he wrote was in direct relation to me saying, "I'm sure we're going to talk about Steam Deck." And Crofton goes, "We are going to talk about." It. He probably even copied and pasted my original and then just changed the words he needed to change. He probably didn't even write it out. I have no comment. Uh, I have no. So my only comment is thank you so much, Neil. Uh, we really appreciate these these emails, be them about the daddies or anything. Um, we, you know what. Ryan, we need to solicit participation, come up with like get people like we just talked about Christmas stories. What did you folks do during Christmas? Ooh. What did what where did you go on a trip somewhere? Did you get stuck in some of this travel craziness that everybody's talking about? Did you get trapped at home with sick family like me? Like what what uh, what did you do? Did you get the the video game or movie or uh, VHS tape that you'd been coveting? Uh, I'm not, you know, who knows? Who knows? I would love to hear. So you can, you know what? There is a way. There's a way you could let us know. You could email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. You could just tweet to us. We're both on Twitter, at Croft and Steers. That's me. Ryan is at R. Murphy. Uh, Or you can just go to the show uh, Twitter account, which is at dndcast. Um, and you could let us know, and we would love to hear from you. you. Tell your friends. You can also visit us on the web. We have a website, tgistudios.com slash dad. has all of the old episodes, including both years of the daddies, so you can get caught up if you are a new listener. So, Ryan, I think that's going to do it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Ryan, I'll, I'll let you get back to whatever it is you were looking at at the beginning of the episode. I forget now. Uh, and we can uh, we can wrap up. I will get back to my to my sweet sweet Steam Deck, and uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great couple of weeks, everyone. See you soon. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah.
He can still say it. It's good. I okay. Happy I, New Year. I felt bad as soon as I as soon as I said it, and uh, we said it at the top. We can I could say feel it Larry David like staring at me, very angry. Uh, at least you got his name right.